Hey everybody, this is Jonathan Lunsford with the Under the Cloud Podcast. I'm really excited that you're listening today, and I want before we get started, I want to uh, talk about some stuff that we kind of need to hit on before we go too far into this. Um, obviously, if you're listening, I thank you very much for being a part of this and listening, and I need feedback. Um, we're trying to kind of get our feet wet, fill out what's going on, how this works. I'm learning a lot about the editing process, about the audio process. I'm learning a lot about how to breathe, even when you're recording and talking. It's kind of interesting. <laughs> it's a lot of stuff. Um, but one of the things that I want to do is I would love the feedback from you guys about, is is it too long? Do I need to shorten it? Is it okay at the length it is? Is it too dry? Does it need to be beefed up a little bit? Does it need to have a little more, um, you know, substance to it? Is is As we continue, I, I want to put out a good product that you guys enjoy listening to, I also want to do it the way that I feel the Lord's kind of leading us into. And I think that he is giving me the authority to ask you guys what it is that you're looking for. This is not a church. This is not uh, a pulpit at all. This is only a uh, a chance for us to bring out God in, in a new light, in a new way, and uh, and, and apply it in our lives. So um, we have an email. Uh, the email is underthecloudpodcast at gmail. Dot com under the cloud podcast at gmail.com we also have a facebook page under the cloud podcast if you go on facebook and you just punch in under the cloud podcast there's that also if you go under your itunes uh those of you who are listening with an apple device you can leave a review uh, i don't care if it's mean or not i would just like to know what you guys think as we get 15 episodes into this i want to make sure that the product that we're putting out is good you know, I enjoy this. This is a lot of fun. I have a lot of really good stuff in the in the in the line for later. What I want to do is make sure that you know you guys are happy with what we're doing. So, but anyway, so today's episode is with a friend of mine that I've known for a long time. He's a guy I met in the Navy back in in the 1900s, and uh, he was a really really good guy. Uh, he and I talk about some stuff, and and we try to keep it kind of in the one subject, and we do pretty good at that. Um, me and him can just go rabbit chasing everywhere. We'll get to that, you know, different conversations with Andrew later. Um, but I guess that's all I got to say before we get started. I'm thinking. Um, no, I guess that's it. So uh, thank you for listening to that part, and please enjoy the episode. You're listening to the Under the Cloud podcast. Lord, we love you. We thank you for this day. We thank you for this opportunity to get together to talk about you, your word, your kingdom, and what our purpose is in that in that place. And Lord, we thank you for old friends. We thank you for opportunities to get together and, and conversate, and to love on each other, and to love on you. Thank you for all that you do for us. In Jesus' name, amen. 
I got a little tongue tied there. I got a little thinking ahead. Uh, today, yeah. today I have um, a really old friend. Uh, he's he's younger than me, but he's an old friend. I've known him since. I was trying to think the other day, Andrew. I think I met you in January of '98. That's when that I got. About right. That's when I got to our room in uh, 632 Barracks in Chicago, and I met you. Uh, Andrew Fifield is with us today. Andrew is uh, obviously a guy that I knew in the Navy, and he and I uh, just happened. Uh, by, by divine appointment, or or just happened to to run into one another, and uh, and God really used us, or used him in my life in a massive way, uh, and so when when we was putting this list together of people to do for the episodes, his name had to go on the list, but his name had to be in a very specific episode. So we'll get to that in a minute. But uh, how you doing, Andrew? I'm doing pretty good. Just had a long hard days work of sitting in my computer and staring at my computer so that was that was fun <laughs> i'm glad some people do that because i could not i mean i do it like right there and like here but at work all day i love being outside and working and sweating <laughs> so yeah well i mean yeah most of my days even you know when we were going in the office are spent at a desk looking at computer monitors but you know even just that little bit of getting out of the house and driving into the office I miss that. I haven't done that in a few months. <laughs> so, so you, yeah, li- I, I know what you mean. So you live in Phoenix area, correct? Yep. Yep. Originally, you're from Washington State. Yeah. Uh, if I remember correctly, uh, you and I were both fire controlmen in the uh, Navy, and we met in the barracks, the 600 barracks in Great Lakes, and the 600 barracks was primarily dedicated to, um the students of what they call Tech Corps, or in the old-timers called it BWE, um, and it was like a basic electronics school. Uh, we were there together for about four months, and and then you went on to A school. You were ahead of me, um, you, you a few probably a month or so ahead of me, and then you went through A school, and then I went through A school, and then you went to Damneck, Virginia for, I believe, was it Mark 92? Mark 92. So the, what? Real quick, the Mark 92 was a radar and a gun, or both, or one or the other. I'm trying. Yeah, to remember. it was. I think Mark 92 and Mark 86 were the only remaining at the time all-inclusive weapon systems in the Navy. Uh, so what that means is we worked on both the radar side of things and the weapon side of things, whereas in later weapon systems, things were kind of broken up, and so you only would work on a part of it. So uh, the Mark 92 system actually encompassed two different radars, a search radar, a tracking radar, uh, the 76-millimeter three-inch gun, and um, the one-armed bandit uh, missile launcher, which okay. fired SM-1s and harpoons and stuff. So we had to – so it was, I think, maybe next to the school you went to, the longest school for fire control the navy had my school was about nine months long yeah and then i had a and then i had a follow-up c school because i got stationed on a ship that had an upgraded version of that system so then i had to go to a different school which was another three months of that so in total my c school was about a year long i think with a break in between so like two years of school and four years on a ship (laughs) so yeah i 
I hit my ship. I, I want to say that I had been in the Navy two years and three months when I finally got to my first ship. USS Ford, if I don't, if I remember. Uh, yep. I, I thought it was funny because um, in in preparing for this, I was telling um, my wife about uh, one day in the barracks in uh, Tech Corps, we were talking and 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 you know just you know how people are just organically talking and they start asking especially in the military you're like where are you from what do you, you know how'd you grow up all that kind of stuff and before we realized that we were we had so much in common and um it just made it easy to talk because we had stuff you know we both grew up in a in a very similar style denomination to each other even though it's not the same one um we had a lot of history uh with relationships that were similar and we had a lot of uh um you know just a lot of similar deals in our politics and stuff when i was kind of surprised to meet somebody that was from the total opposite end of the country uh that had so much in common and it was pretty neat but then one one day you asked me a great question and you said uh what do you want to do you want to go to church with me tomorrow and i said yeah sure let's go and and uh so we go to a church and i don't know if you had been going there or not but uh, we went to this church in, I want to say it was in Gurney, Illinois, right next to Six Flags. It was in that area. And uh, it was an Assembly of God church, and we wound up going there for months and getting tied in with that young adult class and some of the people there. And uh, it was it was really good time because it helped me in the Navy. This is what I was saying. It was important to have met you. It helped me not get caught up in the normal Navy things as quick as I, as I could have. Um, and I think God sent you there for me at that time to make sure that I stayed a little bit more in track than, than obviously I could have gone the way some people are. Then I wound up going later anyway, but, um, I, I was, it was very important for you to be there for a, a part of that. Um, uh, and, and you had a car too. So it was a little, I don't remember what kind of was a little white Saturn. Maybe I don't know, but it was like you had a little car so we can get off base and go do things. So, yeah, I, I remember it, before you give me too much credit for being all like righteous and hey, let's go to church. No, you just I you mean, were there for you need. <laughs> yeah, well, I uh, actually I had um, it was after Christmas and I think I remember I got my car in either January or February, so it was in the winter time when we started going. So we had already been living on base for quite a while at this point. Um, but I had during the previous Christmas, I had gone home for Christmas and I came back and I brought my saxophone because I had played the saxophone oh, in high yeah, school yeah. and I played my saxophone in my church and I started playing on uh, in the in the bass band um, but I, I really liked playing and I wanted to play and so I thought, well, I should find a church that I can go to and play my saxophone at just like I was doing at home. So that was actually really why I wanted to go was so I could continue because up to that point, I hadn't been going to the church even though I could have. But, you know, I found a church similar to what I knew, what I had been going to. And, you know, we were friends by this point, and yeah. you know, so I already knew. So that's why I was like, hey, let's, let's go. And, and it, it, was, it was kind of funny because previous to this, I'd spent a lot of time, like most baby guys did, at the mall. And I would go often into, uh, I don't remember what the store it was, but it was a giant computer store. And I didn't yeah. have a computer. But I would go in there because they had computers on the Internet. And yeah, I they had Internet, email. yeah. <laughs> yeah, and and through that, I randomly met a girl who worked at the store, Amanda. Yep. I was there with you when you met her. That was just funny. She would, 
yeah, she would come over occasionally and give me trouble and be like, hey, you're not looking at porn, right? And I'm like, nope, <laughs> just checking my email, right? And then we went to church, and there she was. There like, she I had is. no idea she even went to that church. And she was like, hey, you're the guy that comes in and checks your email. So yeah. that was really cool. I, I think that all this stuff, people look at it as coincidence or serendipitous. I I just think it proves that um, that, you know, God is sovereign because – nothing surprises God, no. right? No, so, no. You know, I, I think that all these things get set up on purpose, right? And and it, it, to me, it's always hindsight. It's always twenty twenty. When you look, you can't ever tell what God's doing in the moment because you're in it, right? It's like, but once you're out of it, you can look back and then you can like connect all these dots and go, wow, all these things have happened. And, you know, obviously I think God definitely had a hand in these things. And even when you look back at the times after this, once we kind of split up and went different ways in the Navy and yeah, we made different life choices, the both of us that, you know, were not great, but after that, we came back out of that and still ended up in a good place. Right. Because yeah, oh yeah. Th- those, those things don't leave you, you know, like nope. just like it says in the Bible about how you should raise your child and the way they should go and they can't depart from it. Right. Like these things that stick with you. And so even though, you might go through times, you know, you, you know, God has a way of like kind of drawing you back and bringing you back and it might take years, but you know, and then now look, we're at this point in our lives and we have family and we have kids that are teenagers now and they're getting ready to, you know, I have a son that he wants to join the Navy and, you know, he could be doing that in about a year. So, you know, it's interesting to look back and see all these things that happened. And, you know, now we're, we're sitting at now in our forties, you know, although I, I did appreciate you mentioning that you are older than I am because a lot of times I feel pretty old. <laughs> it's fun. I, I always remember your birthday. It's, it's tax day. It's, you know, it's always every day, every year on April 15th. I might not text you or call you, but I think, hey, today's Andrew's birthday. So, uh, so yeah. So the episode 15 of the Under the Cloud podcast, uh, we go back to the importance of you being this this particular guest was – that mall, Gurney Mills, which at the time I believe was one of the, it was either the longest mall in America or it was, um, it, it wasn't the largest, but it was long. And I think that that was good because we walked up and down that mall so many times that we fulfilled our weekly, uh, PT yeah. <laughs> requirements because yeah. it was, I think it was almost a mile. It felt like walking one end to the other, but I'm not really sure. Um, yeah, it was a ridiculously long mall, and it was kind of like S-shaped, so it kind of yeah. wound. Yeah, yeah it's it was exactly really yeah. weird. And so um, you and I started something, and it kind of stuck with us, and it's really ironic now that um, that I have a daughter that that's, fits this category, This, which really is crazy. And, and if you don't mind, uh, explain why you're on this episode. Well, I don't know <laughs> who... Who came up with you it did. first? But yeah, oh, okay. It was <laughs> I know right. it was uh, you. We we were working. We we're at the mall all the time, and you know, so in the in the main thoroughfare of the, of the walkway of the mall, right? You have all these like little kiosks where they try to sell you like phones or yeah. jewelry or whatever the case is, right? Your eyebrows, whatever. And yeah, exactly. <laughs> and and so all of the all of the girls that work at these kiosks, right? They're like teenage girls, and a lot of the guys in the navy would come in and try to hit on those girls, and I just had a, a sneaky suspicion that a lot of these girls were 15 or 16 years of age. You know, the guys, of course, are like 18 and older. And so 
I would I would get in this habit of when we would walk by <laughs> if there if I saw a guy who obviously looked like he was in the Navy talking to one of these girls, I would just yell out fitting. Yeah, she's only right, fitting. To get his attention. To be, <laughs> yeah, like you don't want to be messing with this because I knew too many stories of yeah. guys getting in trouble with these young girls, you know. Yeah. And so that just became like this thing where you'd see a guy at the mall talking to a girl, and you're like, oh man, you better be careful. And then so when we, um, when we both finished our schools. Uh, in Chicago, I went to Dalton, Virginia. You went to Damneck, Virginia. It's actually kind of funny. The weekend uh, we went, you came all the way up to Dalton and picked me up and drove me all the way back to Virginia Beach, and uh, and we hung out for Thanksgiving weekend. And um, and it was the next. It was that weekend, the actual like Saturday of Thanksgiving, that I actually started dating my wife. Um, you know, of course, in '98, so it's a long time ago, but. And then we ran into each other in San Diego, and we got to spend some time together. And we went and actually uh, watched Carrot Top at a Del Mar uh, at the Del Mar Fair. They had the comedian, redheaded comedian Carrot Top, and he was funny. I've always enjoyed his his sense of humor. And and we were walking through and and saw somebody that may or may not have been fifteen, but. It was just all of a sudden it spurred back up in us, and we were both like, fitting, you know, <laughs> and, and hadn't thought about it in years. And so it's always kind of cool how how those uh, yeah. silly things can can stick to a friendship like that. So, But I, I remember, honestly, the, the, the very first time I think I really remember ever talking to you, we were in our barracks room, and I think because I had moved around so many different rooms because – it kept changing what time we went to school and I got put uh, onto uh, into a class where we went to school starting at midnight. Yeah. And so they wanted to try to put people into rooms where they're with other people doing yeah, the same, same schedule. schedule. But, but two of the guys that were in a room because it was a four person room were going during the day. So I would come back after eating breakfast and want to go to bed and they're getting up and making all kinds of noise and stuff. And then at some point later in the afternoon, I would get up and, you know, kind of do my studies and my homework, whatever. And you were up and you were working on something and all the, the four desks were kind of clumped together. And so I was sitting at one, you were sitting at one, like across from each other. And I ne really talked to you at this point. I don't know how long we've been in the room together, maybe a little bit, because like I said, I was sleeping all day and gone all night, but you looked up and you said, Hey, hey man, can you help me? <laughs> and, and I was like, I was hoping you wouldn't bring you. this up. <laughs> help you <laughs> like I, at first I was kind of confused and then it kind of dawned on me and I'm like man I think he's asking me to help him but I don't think he's saying that correctly and it was really funny to me and I was like okay I can but I'm gonna need you to say it correctly <laughs> and that really spawned you know this now 20 some year odd friendship and I think that was you know that that great thing between a guy from the west coast and the south yeah. and coming together and and it's okay so I and it was funny is after you pointed it out, I never had never noticed that where I'm from, nobody or a lot of people don't say the L and help, and they say help, you know, give me uh, help me out real quick, you know. And I just never noticed it because everybody does it. And um, and then after you pointed it out, I was like, man, stupid! Like now I can't stop seeing that, and now I notice it and everything. But then I learned the proper way of saying espresso from you. And I, you chewed me out a few times over that one. <laughs> I was sitting there the other day. I was like, man, I hope you don't bring that hip thing out. And sure enough, there he goes. <laughs> well, dude, I had, it was literally the first time I ever talked to you. Like, I will never forget that. 
That's funny. It was great. Yeah. Oh, man. But, so the other night, um, I don't want this just to be a total uh, memory thing of the past, but, you know, God has used, like you said, you, you and I both strayed somewhat and maybe didn't fulfill our... Um, didn't do things the way that maybe he would have wanted us to um, and but we found ourselves coming back in different dynamics and different uh, realms of, of, of ministry uh, from teaching our children to um, going to church and helping around and work and uh, the impact that we make um, you know God's used both of us in our ways and over the years I mean we don't talk you know like monthly or anything but when we do it we just pick right back up where we left off which i've always thought was kind of cool you and i both found ourselves in in denominations and we find ourselves kind of you know not having like a, a, a feud with them and running away and being mad at them but we just find ourselves kind of pulling away from them in our own doctrine um, throughout the way we study the stuff we find in scripture that that our denominations even though they're not the same denomination our denominations respectively uh, we we find ourselves pulling away from them some and not like I said not out of rebelliousness but just after you know through reading scripture we find things that are what well, we feel you know you just kind of change um, and that's something we talked about the other night Um in, in what ways do you think that God has used you and, and how you've changed to help people and 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 do other things for your family and whatnot? Well, you know, I'd have to say that I think our life experiences, what you had, what you've had, what I've had, the, the uniqueness uh, in compared to, I'll say, like our family, our ability to go literally all over the world meet different people, different cultures. Uh, you know, I, I think a lot of times, you know, where I grew up, where you grew up, they were small towns. Um, they were fairly isolated. You know, people lived there for multiple generations going to the same churches. And they don't, their exposure to things outside of that is pretty small. And so it's really easy to get kind of, you know, caught up in, in this sort of like uh, echo chamber where, yeah you know, life is always the same and you teach the same things and you know the same things and that's, and that you don't really have to consider much outside of that. And, you know, God teaches us through his word. He teaches us through uh, meeting people, right? He teaches us through uh, places that we go and things that we do. And, you know, I, I think that's been really good because it's really given me an opportunity to learn so much more about God through these experiences and having a different understanding of how God views humanity as a whole, not just, you know, the people who go to this one church in this one little area, right? And I, I think that that's been really good for me because it's kept me from becoming so narrow-minded and so hyper-focused on these certain viewpoints and things. And and honestly, I think the biggest thing that it's done for me is rather than reinforcing my own viewpoints and making me kind of more stubborn, it's done the exact opposite. Uh, I feel, honestly, as I get older, the less 
I feel I, I know or understand, honestly, about God and his word. And that's not to say that I'm like, you know, wishy-washy and kind of all over the place and I don't have, you know, uh, convictions or opinions. I do, but I don't hold so tightly onto things because, you know, all these different experiences that I've had going all over the world, even after getting out of the Navy and my current job, getting to visit different places and meet different people. And, you know, I've, these things challenge these beliefs that you've had and the way you've looked at things and denominations, I think churches, they're, they're good, but they get a lot of times really focused on their way of approaching something or looking at something without really considering. And then what they do is they'll look at say other denominations and they'll go, they're just wrong. Yeah. You know, you don't, you don't go to a church service and you don't hear a pastor preach on why another church believes what they do. Right. You only hear why you believe what you do. And <laughs> I've been I've been in some <laughs> of them, yeah. yeah. Or why they're but, I, but, they, or, they'll preach why they're wrong, you know. And yeah, 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 exactly, exactly. But but then as we talked, a lot of these things aren't really all that important, right? I mm. mean, as far as they don't really have anything to do with salvation, they don't have, you know, it, it, it's a stylistic difference, yeah. Uh, you know, and and I think it's okay to sometimes not have. You know, I, I nowhere in scripture does it does it say you have to have you have to pick a side uh with the rapture, right? You have to you have to be a pre trib or a mature or something like that or, or whatever the or or uh your salvation, can you can you lose it or you won't save it always save like nowhere in the Bible does it say you have to pick a side and you have to defend that, yeah. right? <laughs> it just it just explains things and you know, we get to make up our minds on this stuff. But what I found is my I changed my mind, right? Because I consider things, I mature, you know, things that you believe when you were 18 versus 28, 38, 48, right? They change, especially you get married, you have kids. You can't, you can't just maintain the same ideas and views, you know, right? This process of growing up and maturing isn't just to worldly things, but it's the biblical things as well. And, and honestly, the, 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 the elders that I know that I, respect and appreciate the most are the ones that are the most likely to tell me, well, I, I don't really know, or yeah, yeah, this is what I think, but I could be wrong. And, you know, where you have a conversation and I think this is so important and it's what I think all of society, whether it's in the church or out of the church is missing nowadays is we don't know how to have a conversation. We don't know how to discuss nuances and differences. We don't know how to consider these other viewpoints and, even if we come to a conclusion that doesn't agree, that we don't have to be angry or vitriolic about it, right? That we can go, oh, okay, I, I see your viewpoint. I don't, I don't agree with it necessarily, but you know, at some point, maybe something that I'm thinking now, I won't think later on. Yeah. You know, and I think that's that's healthy and that's good, right? If if you start thinking that you know, especially when it comes to God and the Bible, if you start thinking that you know everything, right? That kind of arrogance, <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. I, God. God historically doesn't look favorably upon that kind of way of thinking. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> so what's what's interesting though is um something that we've at our church, uh which I, I'm now in a non denominational church, even though I hold a license in a denomination, I'm not active in that denomination at all. Um a, f- a few years ago we were sitting around on a Wednesday night and it was teen bash night. Uh and I'll say that and I don't I don't care if anybody gets mad at me for saying it, but it turned into little kid or like young people bash night because we were just everybody not we I was defending the best I could 
and it and everybody was like the almost like upset that kids were on their phones and they have Google and how dare they have the Bible apps and how dare they have blueletterbible.com and and you know it's I mean that no it's not what they were saying but it was almost like all the elderly people or the older people were hammering down on these kids for the way they are and I remember thinking like is there an age when little kids think the old people are or older people are smart and then they get to a certain age where it's where our you know my older two and your children may be is that they think everybody's stupid above them and then they'll come to a point when they're in their early 20s and 30s and they realize hey I didn't know everything I thought I knew but they still think they know more than a lot of others and then you have the middle-aged people who were we're getting there where we look at the young kids and think they don't know what they're talking about and the old people are like well they don't remember what they're talking about and then we get to the older age thinking that everybody young, younger than us don't know what they're talking about and there's and at the end of the day we come to the realization that we should hopefully come to the realization that none of us know what we're talking about we're all like playing or trying to do our best and just live this life and live on this planet the best we can for the God's kingdom and do everything we can and I don't want to ever get to a point where I feel like I have figured everything out because that's the point where I'm going to be absolutely certain that I have nothing figured out and what I, um, I, I don't know if it was my dad or somebody I think it might have been my dad that made the comment that th those things that I'm most absolutely certain about are the things that I'm most wrong about and I, I tend to err on the side of caution um, and try to realize that what I knew at 16 was was you know nothing but what I know at 41 now I know a lot more than I did at 16 but you know I'm not, I'm not 80 I still got a lot of life to live and I still got a lot of stuff to learn. So let's not get to a point where we think we know everything. But unfortunately, that that mentality that could be either in the church or in the world gets in the church. And then, the unit, like you said a minute ago, with the echo chamber, you get enough people in one church building and one denomination and they get together and their ideas line up. And all of a sudden they think that they have everything figured out and anybody else is on the wrong side. And that's really dangerous that's extraordinarily dangerous in the history and you said a little bit ago that it's it's not that it really matters on things but i guess in the in the sense of heaven and hell it doesn't matter but what where it matters is how people will perceive god because a lot of people will see him as almost as a jerk just because all of his followers are jerks right and and that's the rub though honestly is how, how can you exist in this in this culture where people are like that but in the midst of it you are yourself you know a peacemaker you're respectful you you know you you can you can see both both sides both perspectives how, however you want to play it right like because I have a lot of family members mostly older family members who are staunchly you know believers in these specific things and it's and everything is very black and white into them and you know i could easily disagree with them and cause strife and cause you know hurt feelings and chaos and whatever else and but i but i don't very purposefully i don't engage with them on that level or 
you know, I, I, I try to engage it with them and talk with them in, in such a way as to be disarming, but still be, dis, you know, be respectful. And, you know, because that's, that's what I think is you can't, you can look at something and you can go, well, I don't want to, I don't want to be that, you know, this way, but through saying that you become that just in a different way. Right. And so we still need to be able to interact with all these people. We still need to live life with them. We still need to love them. Right. Um, yeah. And I think that's, that's the difficult part because, you know, somebody's always going to say or do something that's going to irritate you and get under your skin and say something. Right. And, and even though you might say, well, you know, I try to try to stay open-minded and I try to whatever, but still we always at different times in our life at any moment think, okay, this is the way things are, um, you know, without being prideful or hubris. Right. But that's, that's the way it is. But so it's a difficult thing to manage and maintain. And, and honestly, you know, what, the whole story you, you just shared about from 16 all the way up through 80 and how the different stages and how you look at things and look at people older than you versus people younger than you. And, and every stage you always think you haven't figured out. Right. <laughs> and what I think is interesting is that on, on, on a grander scale, thankfully God is not limited by time in any sense. Right. I mean, the God of the antediluvian days, the God of Noah through Moses, you know, all all the way to the God of the 21st century. He's the same God. His, the same principle still exists for all of humanity. Times change, right? Technology changes, but God, God and His Word stays the same, and yet it can be effective through all these different times. You look at a lot of other religions, and they have a tendency to kind of force a way of life from when that religion was instituted, yeah. and so people will still be living like, you know, you know, if you look at like the Amish or even in a lot of the, the Muslim, whatever the, the way of life was, the culture was at the time that, that that religion came to be, that's how they're still living. Like they, they can't allow themselves to advance because the structure that they set up, and this is, I think one way how, you know, this is a man main thing and that's not a God thing. It can't graduate, right? It can't, it can't move through time. And God can, and God's with us when we're, you know, God was with the 16-year-old kid in 2000 BC, and he's with the 40-year-old guy in 2080, right? And it's it's the same. His his statutes, his principles, his laws, and it and it works no matter what. It doesn't matter if we have, you know, 37 different uh, translations of the Bible in our Bible app on our cell phone, yeah. which is, you know something that literally would make somebody's head explode 2,000 years ago, right? But, but yet, 100 years ago. It, it, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it works. God works through all of that, and I think that's, yeah. that's a great thing, and, and, and I think that should give a little bit of insight into how we should approach living life and that we should never be so tied to this one thing and this one way and this one thought right now. Obviously, I think you can go the opposite extreme, right? And you can take and you can twist God's word and go, well, it doesn't mean what it meant back then. And now it means something completely different. But I think for the most part, the principles about how we should live a life, how should we treat others, how we should regard God, it's the same. Like the words haven't changed in yeah. the Bible. And, you know, we, we can do that. And yeah, we can have little disagreements about certain things. But, you know, I, I think that the the bigger the bigger message, the bigger picture stands, no matter what, no matter how old you are, no matter what time you live in, it, it always applies. 
last weekend I got to go home to the mountains and um and I was speaking with a gentleman there that he was uh, he's a little bit older and and of course his parents were you know obviously older than that and but his mom and dad were raised in a in a very holiness denomination where um she never cut her hair ever not even as a baby not as a kid never until she was like up in her 70s or 80s and something happened and it required some sort I don't remember what it was but she had to cut her hair oh was, she didn't have the strength to take care of her hair is what it was so they just cut it to her shoulders so that it would um, be easier for her and her age to manage and uh, she said that or he told me that when he saw her and he commented on her hair she looked at him and she said I wish I would have done that 40 years ago and there's a lot of things where we find that we are so caught up in um, the traditions that we think that those traditions become so strong in uh, like a requirement. And we talked about this uh, on the last episode with Pastor Kevin uh, Coward and about how the, the legalism you know, where you have someone's personal conviction, which is fine if that's your conviction. You know, like if if your conviction is that you should never, you know, drink drink coffee, if that's your conviction, fine. But when you get up and you try digging scriptures out to prove it and start preaching that you can't drink coffee, and then all of a sudden you have a bunch of people not drinking coffee because the guy's saying the Bible says you can't drink coffee. To me, that's adding to the what what John talks about in Revelation, not adding to scripture. You're adding you're adding your own convictions as a doctrinal thing. And I think something that you and I talked about the other night about how, you know, we should work out our own salvation with fear and trembling, but I've often wondered if maybe we should be work making sure to step back and work out our own doctrine with fear and trembling because I don't want what a denomination tells me to believe to be you know I, I want to question it not not that I'm saying I want to be again I don't want to rebel against them but what if they're wrong you know um, we I, I can't remember that word now uh, there's a, a verse in in, um, in Proverbs where it talks about to, everybody always says that the verse says that if you spare the rod you spoil your child but that verse isn't in there you know the verse says, spare your rod, you hate your child. And But if you build an entire doctrine based off of a verse that's not even in there, you know, that was just a little bit of a word flip, you know, just switch a word out and you, you got it straight. But, man, I've heard my whole life what the Bible says, and you go to digging it out and you can't find it. It's not in there. And I'm sure, you, yeah. I'm sure you've run into them, too. They're not, it's not in there. I, no matter... Uh, no matter how hard you keep looking, you will not find it because it's not there. And uh, and when and it's one thing if those things are just you know kind of, uh, I just feel like that's what I need to do. But it's another one when you start pushing that on people, and that's why I want to make sure that we don't do that. Yeah, I mean, because you you end up in the same position that the Pharisees ended up with, right in Christ's day, where they had created so much tradition so that they could elevate themselves above everyone else. But you really do, you hurt other people with that. You, you do a disservice because you end up making people feel bad for something that has nothing to do with your, your salvation, has nothing to do with your relationship with God. You know, 
<clears throat> there's so many examples like this. I'll use I'll use one that I know from personally, right? That I think I'm, I'm well, it, maybe not so much more anymore, but definitely during our in our parents' days, you know, it was in just about every denomination tattoos are wrong and they're bad, and you know, there's you know scripture that they can use to say that, right? Yeah. And I'm not I'm not using this to get into a debate about tattoos, but this was something that my parents very strongly believed. Yeah. Well, when my mother got cancer and she was going through chemo and radiation, they basically gave her like a little tiny tattoo on her neck where they were giving her the radiation yeah. treatment. It was for, for the machine to align to. Yeah. 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 And it's just, it's basically, it looks like a mole kind of, it's like this little green dot sort of thing. Are those permanent? And it, like, yeah, they are. Okay. <clears throat> yeah. Cause my mom still has them. And, and she, it was like, upset to this day this was like 40 years ago <laughs> no 30 30 years ago and she to this day is upset that she has this permanent mark on her body right that she thinks that she defiled her body. and i'm like mom you, you know that that little tattoo compared to like say i don't know all the chemicals that got dumped in you to kill cancer or like you, you can't <laughs> right god's not gonna you know you're not gonna die and go to heaven he's gonna be like man you know you lived a great life and you were such a good uh, you know, witness through all these, you know, two rounds of cancer and diabetes and everything that you went through. But man, that tattoo, I don't know. Yeah, like that's that not dot, a thing, right? <laughs> right. So, but, but these, these convictions and people, and I think what's happening is that they're, they're through this legalism, they're missing the bigger picture, right? They're, they're missing the metaphor, right? Right. When, when, when Christ talked almost not exclusively, but almost all the time, he talked in metaphors. Right, because it was to get the heart of the issue, which is why do you do the things that you do? What's your reasoning behind it? What's your motivation? Right? Is it and and what are the what are the two strongest motivating factors? Right? It's do you love God and do you love other people? Yeah. Are those two things propelling your actions? Right? And for whatever reason, you know, you do the things that you do. Can they line up with this? You know, I have a tattoo on my arm, my forearm that's very prominent. I wear a short sleeve shirt. You can see it, right? I know my parents don't like it. We don't, we don't discuss it. <laughs> but it's it's a Greek word that I have tattooed on my arm, and it's from John nineteen thirty when Christ dies on the cross and he says it is finished. Yeah. And I had that I had that tattooed because that that phrase is very significant to me, and I and and I have had multiple occasions to use that as a witnessing tool. Yeah. Where people mean? have asked me about it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they ask me what it means. And it gives me this massive platform to launch into why I have a tattooed and what it means and where it's from and why it's important, right? That if I didn't have that tattoo, you know, am I just going to run up to people randomly and say, hey, do you know this Greek word in the Bible? Music? No, right? Like, that's not how things work. And so whether it's right or wrong, I don't know. If it's a sin, if God's going to be like, look, you shouldn't have done that maybe one day but in the meantime i have a motivation where i'm going to try to use this as a way to love others and love god yeah. and i think that that if if that is that 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 should be the underlying conviction of any choice that you make right when you say i feel convicted to not cut my hair to not drink coffee or to have tattoo whatever does that line up with the the underlying command of loving god and loving others because what a lot of times will happen is we get so hung up in what we're doing and our own hangups and our own stuff that we go to the whole uh, the parable or the or the no, I don't know if it's a parable. It's just Jesus talking about you can't see the 
the the the log in your eye for the speck in someone else's. And there in the bullying conversation, uh, there's a type of bullying. Most bullying is was referred to as a deflection. Um, if, if I can point out your flaws, then no one will notice my flaws. And and we we're very aware of our issues, and we're very aware of that. And a lot of the uh, issues in the church are those because realistically, you know, a lot of we we especially on the denominational side, where we will hold to certain things and we will beat everybody over the head with it, and you can't do this, you can't do that, and but then we'll see other churches doing something that we disagree with. But then at the end of the day, we got to realize that everybody picks and chooses. Everybody will pick and choose verses they'll stick to and kind of sort of ignore others. Everybody. Even the great Billy Graham yeah. did that. And and when when there's verses that we hold to tightly and we're very strong and firm and that's an abomination and that should never, you know, does it make it? A not abomination, you know, it is an abomination. I mean, that's what the Bible says. But at the same time, you hating them because of the way they are is just as wrong as anything that they're doing. And that's yeah. that's something that I've learned, I should say, over these years, is that I don't want to be the Bible thumper that I was in high school, where I'm toting my Bible around and I'm pointing out everything that everybody's doing wrong. And that's a fact. I had a a really good friend of mine looked at me and said, you know, a lot of us would probably pay attention a lot more if you weren't trying to beat us over the head all the time. And that hurt. And it should have hurt because he was absolutely truthful in that. And and it just kind of broke my heart because not because not because he caught me, but because I realized that I was wrong and I was and I was doing that and I was holding to that. And what I one thing that I in this in this particular podcast one of the things that I want to do is is to bring the lot what other denominations believe so that in a lot of situations and then go to them and say hey you know we've always heard that y'all believe this and then give them the chance to say yes or no because what if we have a conversation with someone and then we know let's let's just pick seven day Adventists I know almost nothing about the Seventh-day Adventists except for they meet on Saturdays. Other than that, I'm just kind of lost. I don't really know what they believe. But I, I do know people who are Seventh-day Adventists, and if we get to have a conversation with someone and hammer out a bunch of stuff and learn about them, then come Monday when we go to work, we can be like, hey, I didn't know you guys believed this. That's kind of cool. That I've never thought of it like that before. And I, I, I want everybody to be more open to learn and it's better to do it from scripture <laughs> and and find ourselves in that sense of being able to read the bible and go at the end of the day go you know what i used to think this but now god's changed my mind by using the bible to do it uh, we we all have those verses that we read a million times but then one day we read it and we're like whoa i didn't even realize that was in the bible and like, hey, that's been in there the whole time, and you've probably read it 20, 30 times. But now it's time for you to know it. Now it's time for you to pay attention to it and to grow from it, you know. that That's kind of cool. Yeah. That's kind of cool. I always yeah. enjoy that. I think, yeah, I think it's 
I think it's easy to become the bully, you know, and I, I would say that in my youth, I, I was, uh, you know, I'll say religiously speaking. And I think the difference is, is grace where, you know, you realize that you, you need grace, right? Cause you, you do have those flaws, right? And so then you need to extend that grace on other people. Absolutely. And, yeah. and that's, that's a, that's a difficult thing. And I think that's one of the biggest changes I would say I, I, it, in my life as I've gotten older is this ability to extend grace, right? To be in in situations or with people where normally I might have had that flinch, that reaction to be like, well, you know, this is the Bible too. And and instead try to try to love them. You know, it's interesting when you think about the early church way back, like right after Christ died and, you know, before the Holy Roman Empire became a thing, you had you know, 100, 200 years where Christians were persecuted, they were hunted, they were, you know, jailed, enslaved, fed to lions, burned alive, whatever the case is. And yet, and so, the, and, and, you know, the, it's well documented, the, the immorality of the, the Roman culture around them, right? And yet, through their grace and their witnessing and their ability to take that without fighting back against it and just trying to condemn the Roman culture, they eventually took it over. Right, and you see that in in other countries too, where Christians are routinely uh, persecuted or outlawed or whatever the case is. Where, but in in America, where Christians for so long, I mean, we built this country, right? And so we're the ones in charge, and we're the ones in control. We end up being the bully a lot of times, yeah. right? And it's really it's really nice and satisfying sometimes to go to another country and see what it's like to be a Christian there and how they deal with the world around them and these things that they still believe. You know, they still have a right and a wrong. They're still, you know, to them, they're still morally moral, whatever. And they have to live in it and they have to experience it every day while still maintaining their Christianity. And we have it so easy in this country. We should be extending the most amount of grace. And, and oftentimes we don't. Yeah. Um, you know, and I, I think that's a really interesting thing. And so it, it is really kind of countercultural, I think, in America to be graceful, even as a Christian, and to not you know, so forcefully try to push your specific beliefs and convictions on the other people. Yeah. You know, I was, I was, um, I don't know if I was, I don't remember where I was, but I remember having a thought that at the age of 18, I remember being 18 and thinking that at 16, I thought I had known something, understood something, but I realized when I was 18 that I didn't really get it that you know I was like I thought I got that but maybe I was a little wrong and I, I consciously remember exactly where I was standing at 25 when I was looked back and remembered that conversation in my head at 18 of that conversation at 16 and at 25 I realized that I didn't know what I thought I knew and it kind of goes with what I was saying earlier but that then at 29 on my golden birthday era, you know, turned 29 on the 29th. Um, I remember thinking that again, you know, it's only been four years and, and, and I wanted to have a, a significant moment, uh, where just as, you know, I had a, um, I forget what year it was exactly, but I, I made a new year's resolution year one year, not to make new year's resolutions. And that's the only one I've ever kept. Cause I don't do that anymore. It's just I just don't do it. And I, I wanted to have that conscious moment of of saying, 
that who am I to ever think that I figured something out? And even now, I still catch myself doing that. But when I'm reading through Scripture, there's things that I've come across that I thought I knew that. I thought I understood it. But then all of a sudden, hey, wait a minute. I've, I've looked at that wrong. I've preached that wrong. I have taught that wrong. And I remember, I don't, well, I don't it wasn't that long ago I was telling a guy that the only thing that I will ever stand firm and solid on that is a fact is that without Christ, you cannot go to heaven. There's no other way through heaven or to heaven to God except through Christ. That's it. And I have no doubt about that. I don't care what anybody says. Scripture is very, very clear on that. But everything else is it. I don't I don't want to be so brash to think that I have it figured out. Who am I at 41 to think that I have the understanding of, of what God wants for the people of Arizona to do, let alone the people of Louisiana to do? Like I'm not even there. I don't know what they need to do. And I'm only in a part of Louisiana. I don't know what the whole state needs to be doing. All I can do is try to push my family and put my family in the right position so that when my kids leave the house that they understand, one, who God is, the relationship that they should have with Him, and then how to ask for help from Him. I mean, realistically, and they may come to me one day and say, hey, Dad, I don't believe this is in the Bible, or this, I don't believe this, and and I have a choice. I could either say, well, you're wrong, or... I could say, oh, okay, well, let's let's look at it. You know, let's talk about it. Let's have a conversation about it. And I think, I hope <laughs> that if there's anything that I've learned since we first met is that that I don't have I don't have this figured out. I hope to have any of the uh, just an inkling of it figured out. And and I think that the best thing I could have ever figured out was that is is to preach Christ and Him crucified, and that's it. You know, we get caught up in a lot of denominational and doctrinal differences and and churches hate on each other. And and I have seen it personally growing up. You know, I remember one Sunday hearing about how my mom's church was all wrong and they believed wrong. And then the next Sunday I heard how my dad's church was wrong and they all believed wrong. And it seemed like every week. And I remember thinking, why would I want to be a part of either of these two the way they are? But then I got I picked the side and then I stuck to it, and then I joined in on the argument. But then then later the Lord got a hold of me and helped me out a lot. So I yeah. I've learned a lot and I hope to learn even more than I have learned. So yeah, that's you know obviously that's a lifelong it should be a lifelong goal, right? I mean you should never at any point in your life feel like you've gotten all figured out, right? And and I'm. You know, it's, it's one of these things that it's not meant to sound, you know, macabre or anything, but one of the things that I that I look forward to in dying is the the revelation that I will surely receive <laughs> that will be very, uh, I, you know, uh, eye-opening for me that, you know, how many things will be, will be made known at that point, right, when you can see God fully and you can know and be known, right, that's that's kind of what I'm looking forward to. And I think that that helps me from, you know, not, not being quite so close minded on, on so many things. And yeah, it's a, it's a difficult thing to maintain, right? Cause it's just, it's just a nat- natural inclination of human beings, right. To, to 
want to pick a side and want to be correct no matter what it is it could be religion it could be sports it doesn't, it doesn't matter right we we just we have this driving need and desire to be right and everything and and it's a difficult thing for people to say i don't know and uh but i think it's a very important thing right to say that or even if you say well here's what i think right not this is the absolute truth, right? Because we're not the authors of truth, right? We just, yeah. we try to discover it and follow it, but we don't create it. That's not what we do. Well, have you got to a point, though, where if you hear somebody say hep, you just let them say it? Uh, Yeah, probably. I mean, <laughs> I think we were in a unique situation that we were yeah. living together. Yeah. Uh, I probably wouldn't do that to a stranger, probably. Uh, but you know what I mean, but, though, uh, right? You just let people be. Yeah. 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 Well, I mean, well, I mean, I mean yeah, obviously. I think once I get to know somebody, <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll give them, I'll give them some trouble on it. But no, I, yeah, I, I think, well, and and I, I, I look back on, you know, I, at least for me personally, I'm a people person, right? I think it's one of the one of the reasons why this working from home sucks so bad, right? Because I miss going to the office and I miss being around people. Yeah. Right. Because when you're not around people, it really limits your opportunities. Uh, to learn from them, to you know, to witness to them, to whatever whatever it is, whatever the situation is, and you know, I at 18 years old, right? I, I grew up similar to you in this small town, middle of nowhere, and yet I joined the Navy because I wanted to get out. I wanted to see the world. I wanted to meet new people and visit interesting places, and that's never left me. And I still really enjoy doing that. And you know, I've had so many opportunities uh, in my life to to be around so many different, you know, cultures and people, and and learning how to how to how to live with them and how to show them love, grace, compassion, mercy, all those things, right? And you know, instead of you know, oh, my company sends me to Taiwan for a work trip, and then I go to Taiwan, and then just what? you know, tell people that they're wrong, that the way they live their life is horrible. and that they're, yeah. I mean, you can do that. Sure. Maybe it's even true, <laughs> but you know, you don't see any interactions with Christ in the Bible when, you know, he is with the people that he is preaching to acting in that way. Right. That was the way the Pharisees acted. He acted with love, right. He drew people to him. He didn't push them away. And that's a, that's a thing that I'm always kind of striving for is how, how can I be more like that? How can I, how can I be with these people that, you know, you know, the, they don't know what they're doing. Right. That's, that was what Christ said on the cross. Forgive them. They don't know what they do. Right. Yeah. And for, for me to just as, as a fallible person myself to just come and say all these things text without any conversation, without any, you know, first, you need to live with people, right? You need to show them through your actions a better way. You know, you need to you need to display love. You need to display kind. You need you need to show them something that they don't have that they're missing, and then they can ask you, "Hey, well, how do you have this? How do you get this? What is this thing that you have that?" And through that, you know, you can have this conversation. You can talk to them about these things, and you can bring more because it's a process, right? Nobody nobody becomes perfect and then is saved, right? they're saved first yeah and then they go through this process yep. and you know i think a lot of times you know we have as christians we'll have this high standard of like well 
you know, right off the bat, if you're going to be a Christian, then you have to be perfect. And we tell that to people coming in through the door, and they turn around and walk right back out. So I think that's that's a very important thing for us to, to, to remember is that, you know, humility and grace and all this, it, it, it all goes hand in hand. Or we'll not let people forget who they used to be. Yeah. 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 And and that's and that's what's sad is is when I first moved back to Georgia from the Navy, there was a girl who had who had given her life to God and and actually come out of a, a lesbian relationship and was she and and she was living in church and she moved in with her her mom or dad or something I, th- I think I'm not 100 percent on that but we had this one lady in our church that was constantly introducing her as the former lesbian. Like, and she would not let her forget it. And it was like, it was driving me crazy. And, and I remember thinking that at the time, I, I, I'm glad she doesn't know everything about me. You know, I'm glad she doesn't know all of what the things that I've done because they're no, they're no worse than what she's done. And I'm sure what that old lady's done is no worse too. You know, like, I'm sure there's a lot of stuff there too, but. We tend to do that, and, yeah. and I don't ever. I would love for us all to get to a point in our life where we're not that way anymore. Um, and I think that with everything going on like now in the world, and don't want to really get into it too much, but I think that what a lot of people need to do is they need to sit back and and try to understand somebody, try to understand their life, their situation. Look at. Look at a kid that's struggling, and instead of seeing a kid that's struggling, think, why are they struggling, and what can I do to help? You know, if can I do anything to help? Physically, no. Okay, if no, then spiritually, how can I help? Can I pray? Can I, you know, we should be doing that anyway, instead of immediately jumping on what they're doing wrong. And and I think there is, like, like you said earlier, to love your Lord, your God, with all your heart, mind, body, and spirit, and love your neighbors yourself. And when you do those two, you encompass and fulfill all of the commandments in one, you know, one quick, you know. So I, I think that that's really good for us to um, to understand. I hope I hope somebody gets that out of this today. And, of course, an hour has flown by, like always. Um, <laughs> yeah. And and I know you have a lot of subjects to talk about, and I hope that you'll come back on sometime and tell us, and we'll dig into a specific subject that you have. Uh, one of them in in one of them I'm intrigued on. I'd like to hear your point of view over the years we've talked, and so. Um, but Andrew, thank you for your wisdom today. Thank you for your input, and uh, and thank you for joining us today. I appreciate it very much. Yeah, no problem. I'm I'm glad to have done that. You know, we we did talk about probably three or four other topics that we could have talked on, but I think what we talked about was good. Yeah. I liked it. Let's be wise. <laughs> a good way to rest. <laughs> let's let's yeah. get wise, and then we'll get to the rest of it. You know, like so. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so um, like always, man, I would ask if you could pray us out here. I appreciate it. Okay. Dear God, I just want to thank you for this time that I had to spend with uh, my good friend Jonathan and, and discussing these things. And I really hope that, uh, you know, these things that we talked about was, was led by your spirit and that it uh, speaks to others who listen to this and that it can can do some good and change some lives, hopefully. And 
I just ask that you just uh, kindly remind us to to love you and to love others, to to be humble and and to kind to others, and that's that's what'll win souls to the kingdom of heaven. And I just thank you for this time again, and that that you'll uh, bless us uh, in our lives going forward, and that uh, we'll have many more opportunities to do this. I thank you in your son's name, Amen. Amen. Thanks, Andrew. Thank you for listening.